Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell, and we're a little bit late because the NFL trade deadline stupidly was on election day at four o'clock Eastern time. Made zero sense, but here we are all together again. We are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. That's right. Pepsi makes all sorts of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful products, as you know by now. And this football season will be different because Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Of course, these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. Nope, it's made for you and me. Those who watch the game. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, so away we go. Uh, The Washington football team did absolutely diddly poo at the trade deadline. Nothing. Nothing. Not that they should have done anything, as we mentioned on last, the last episode, uh, which of course you can still get and you can get all of our past episodes if you missed anything they shouldn't have traded ryan kerrigan they sh- they didn't they shouldn't have traded dwayne haskins they did not they shouldn't have traded ryan anderson they did not they could have go- went out and got somebody on the cheap not like will fuller that type no 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 not alan robinson somebody that was going to cost a boatload of money or a boatload of compensation i should say They should have, if they did anything at all, made a small addition with the hope that it was going to turn into something legitimate and big. That's a hard world to live in, but they should not have given away any of their assets or any of their insurance policies. Let me double down for a second. Uh, And by the way, they didn't, okay? Uh, And by and large, the league itself, there was... Nothing. I mean, there was one small trade between the Patriots and the Dolphins for, like, a number three receiver. Okay. Uh, and it just wasn't much. I mean, there was a sprinkle of moves on Monday uh, with Kiko Alonso uh, and Quan Alexander involved, San Francisco and New Orleans. Uh, there was one other move um, with the corner from uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers. There just wasn't much. And that's okay. Um, again, let me just double down on, on, on this from a Washington perspective. When you have depth in one area, people think, oh, well, we have too much depth. We've got to get everybody 60 snaps a game. No, you don't. Again, I'll say this over and over again. It is not a problem that Ryan Kerrigan, maybe it is for Ryan. I don't know. But for me, it is not a problem that Ryan Kerrigan's playing 22 snaps over the last two games. Now, do I want to see him play more than seven snaps as he did against the Giants? Of course. But do I want to see him play 40, 45 snaps a game? No. They were ideally trying to keep everyone on that defensive line to around 30 snaps a game. Now, it hasn't worked out that way because of injuries to Chase Young. Uh, that cost him a week and a half and really kind of, you know, more than a little bit more than that. 
and certainly Matt Ioannidis, who's been out the last several weeks and will miss the rest of the season. But the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. They weren't able to get an exact distribution the way they wanted to, at least in the first half of the season. And I don't know if they're ever going to necessarily get to that point. But more importantly, it's okay to not ask guys on the wrong side of 30 to play 40, 45, 50, whatever snaps a game. You know, that's ultimately what caught up to Ryan Kerrigan a little bit last year probably, right? All those snaps all throughout the years being a every-down player, never really coming off the field. I mean, he did come off the field. It's not like he played every snap as he did in his rookie season. But he would still play 75-ish percent of the snaps on defense, maybe a little bit more depending on the year, maybe a little bit less, because they didn't have enough depth. And when you're asking a guy on the wrong side of 30 to play 60, 65, 70, 55 percent of the snaps, he's going to run out of gas. He's more likely to get injured. Again, I keep bringing this example up like Chris Long. I think about how Philadelphia used him, right? There's a guy who was, what, the number one overall pick at one point? Had a good career, real good career. Bounced around late in his career to New England and Philadelphia as a third or rotational pass rusher. That's exactly what Ryan Kerrigan is at this point. And Ryan Kerrigan can still make some money in free agency doing that. You know, think about it. If he has – I brought up these numbers – I think earlier this week or late last week, I can't remember exactly when I do too much stuff. My brain doesn't remember. Ryan Kerrigan has a a sack per 40 snaps this year, per 40 snaps played. Last year, the ratio was one sack per 118 snaps. What do you think is the difference? I mean, it could be that Ryan Kerrigan just – had a better year this year, right, and has more talent. And we're not saying that we can absolutely conclusively deny that. It's part of the puzzle. But it's also, hey, we're going to keep you fresher so that you have that extra burst, so that you have that extra juice, so that when you get in there on a key third down against the Giants in the red zone, when Chase Young is off the field, you can get home and get a sack and force a field goal. Doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but that's exactly what happened at MetLife Stadium. People don't remember that. Now, I thought they would use Ryan a little bit more, and I thought maybe I'd see Ryan Kerrigan kicked inside more. Haven't seen a whole lot of that, but I think they made the smart move by not doing anything. Again, would I have liked to have seen them roll the dice on a, you know, John Ross, the third, somebody like that that had a potential higher upside, but Ron doesn't want to surrender draft picks or and or players for people on expiring contracts because, A, there's no guarantee that they're going to be a fit, and even if they're a fit and they play well, what if they leave? And that's exactly what happened with HaHa Clinton Dix a couple of years ago. Remember that? I know I brought this up. I said, you know, they, go, they have a need, they go out, they get a guy that they think can help them. He's an expiring free agency. He doesn't help them. As a matter of fact, he was not good. And then they still wanted to bring him back on a really cheap deal on a short term, you know, and it's the only deal I would have offered him. 
because I thought, well, maybe uh, he could have been better with, you know, not getting here mid And he still turned them down, and he chose Chicago. And he bounced around Chicago, Dallas after that, and he was never anything. So my point being is I understand where Ron's coming from that you don't necessarily want to roll the dice on somebody on an expiring contract because, A, you don't know their fit in your scheme and in your locker room. And then on top of that, you don't know if they're going to stay, even if you offer them a chance to stay, as the Washington team did uh, with HaHa Clinton Dix. And that's just one example. That's just one example. All right. Uh, I'm Chris Russell. Uh, There's not much else going on. The boys haven't returned officially to the practice uh, field, but they did sign. We had this in our Google News Initiative one-minute report on Monday. Jordan Brown, a defensive back out of South Dakota State, who was a seventh-round draft pick in 2019 of the Cincinnati Bengals, six foot 197, converted wide receiver in college. So it's not the same as Quentin Dunbar, but. You know, I did draw that comparison that, who knows, you know, maybe he can develop into, you know, an adequate corner. Uh, And certainly Quentin Dunbar developed into more than an adequate corner. But he's also spent time with the Jaguars and the Raiders and now signs a practice squad deal with the Washington football team. So Jordan Brown uh, is in the fold and that is official. All right. The New York Giants are coming to FedEx Field. Let's hear from Ron Rivera next, and we'll button things up on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. All right, it is Chris Russell here in the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. You know when you're hitting that lull mid-afternoon, early evening, you want to eat, you want to sleep, you want to do anything but work, here's a perfect solution for you. It's called Built Go. They're one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, in your backpack, in your golf bag, in your workout bag. You can have them at work, at home, on the go, in traffic, wherever you might be. If you're shopping and you don't, and you're hungry because you see all the good tasting food and you don't want to get some bad stuff like I always do, take a Built Go with you. They're like five hour energy without that same crash feeling. It's natural, it's good for the body. Three delicious flavors peanut butter honey which is delicious i haven't had the chocolate coconut yet i still have that i've had the chocolate mint very good as well it's an energy gel with collagen protein it's got plenty of b vitamins plenty of energy uh, and good stuff for your body visit builtgo.com that's builtgo.com and use the promo code locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use the promo code locked for 20 percent off at builtgo.com from the makers of Built Bar, it's Built Go. BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, straight out to head coach Ron Rivera on Monday, meeting with the media for the first time in eight days. So it was a wide-ranging conversation about politics, election day, his cancer recovery, trades. Uh, and he, you know, again, they didn't do anything. And all of that. And actually some real football i asked him about the running game you'll hear that uh, as well right here ron rivera on the washington locked on washington football team podcast hey ron when you look at a you know veteran who contributes to the culture i'm thinking back to adrian peterson or even now ryan kerrigan how do you kind of balance you know what they bring to the club now versus what you could get uh, in the future by either you know allocating their snaps elsewhere or, or trading them for for pieces 
Well, first of all, the um, the Adrian Peterson comparison is not fair, you know, because AP was in a different set of circumstances. Tremendous amount of respect for a future Hall of Famer like him. Um, uh, the, the Ryan Kerrigan situation is he, he's been exactly what we've hoped he would be. He really has. He's contributed. He's made impact plays for us. Um, he's impacting our defense. He's impacting our young players on our football team. He's setting the example, and he's the right kind of guy that, that we have here because he's, you know, he's been here for, for, for 10 plus seasons. And, and, and again, you know, I, I think that's a very unfair comparison to make. Like I said, you know, AP is a different guy, different set of circumstances. I mean, the guy's a future Hall of Famer. And, and for you, I know we didn't get to ask after the, the Dallas game, I guess, how would you evaluate where the, the kicking position is at, uh, com, you know, compared to, I guess, what you had said uh, after the, the Giants game? I think the kicking situation is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Hop's done a great job for us. He's you know, had a couple struggles, obviously. Uh, you wish he could make them all. Uh, we know he's not going to, but, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for him to, 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 to kick the win football games for us. Thank you. Hey, Ron, this is our uh, first time getting a chance to talk to you since you completed your treatment. Can you just reflect on that day last Monday and then how nice this bye week was to kind of, you know, take a break from everything? Um, it was it was surreal um, to, to, to know that, you know, I, I've, I've completed my treatments. You know, obviously now it's it's about the recovery. Now it's about the, the medicine doing it. It's, it's finishing up and doing its job, obviously, and that's what you pray for and you hope for. Um, but having a week where I didn't have to get up early and, and drive to the hospital and get treatments and then, you know, hurry back to here. Um, that was great. It really was. It was kind of neat to be able to just stay home and, and, and relax and take a breath. Um, and, and believe me, you know, um, uh, you know, as, as I've told folks, you know, with the, through the grace of God, you know, we can get through this and so far things have been good and, and uh, continue to pray and continue to do what the doctors tell me. Do you have any idea what uh, issues could arise in the recovery? Is it similar stuff from the treatment, just getting over that? What's that going to look like? Uh, I'm not sure. I've never been through this, obviously. And um, uh, just just from what I've told, been told, it, it's really about recovering and, and handling the ups and downs of recovery right now, because, you know, they say your body goes through a number of things that that'll happen in the next few weeks. So um, like today's been a really good day. Uh, Saturday was a was an up and down day. I actually napped three times on Saturday and, you know, I, I normally just take one. So, you know, your body will have its ebbs and flows. It'll, it'll have its highs and its lows. And it's just a matter of how you handle them, how you deal with them. Um, like I said before, I've been very, very fortunate. We caught it early. We had a good prognosis. I had a great team of doctors and a great plan. And, you know, now we're in the recovery phase. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed. And like I said, through the grace of God and, you know, with me following the protocols and the, and the directions our doctors have given me, hopefully we'll, we'll complete this. Hey, Ron, it's good to see you. I hope you enjoyed your bye week. Now that um, you've had a chance to kind of look at the tape of the game, what would you make of Cornelius Lucas just on his first start with you all so far? Very pleased. Very, very pleased. You know, um, he came out, uh, did his job, did his assignments. He had a couple of low moments that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I really thought he could have graded even higher than he did. I thought he had a good grade. I thought talking with Coach Masco, he was very pleased with his effort. Uh, but we both agree that he had a couple of low moments that if, if he had if he had stuck to the way he has been playing, uh, he could have graded even higher. I mean, it was, I was pleased. I really was. Hey, Ron, Heather McDonough, NBC4. Um, you know, obviously tomorrow, election day, you've been outspoken. You've been open with us about, you know, getting out and voting, things of that nature. I guess it is kind of a general question, but just what are your feelings, um, whether it's for yourself, the country, your players, as we embark on a, a very big day tomorrow? Well, I think it's very important that 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 every American that's eligible to vote votes. 
Um, it's, it's, it's a very impactful thing. It's a tremendous thing that we have that, that, you know, that, 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 that people all over the world wish they had. You know, we have a say in what our government is going to be like. And if we don't, shame on us. And, and, and I'm one of those that feel, really, if you don't vote, if, if you waste the opportunity to vote, then don't complain. I mean, that bothers me to hear people, oh, and then they say, well, I didn't vote. Well, okay, that's part of the problem. Um, there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of. You know, and, and it's funny, one of the things that I heard, I learned recently in talking with some, some folks is that, you know, for, for, for the most impactful part of government, the local government, most people don't vote for that. And that's crazy because, you know, the, 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 the mayors, the, the, the city councilmen, those people impact your life daily. I mean, and, and, and they have an immediate impact. You, you need to know what's going on in your local government. So I just think it's important that we exercise one of our God-given rights as American citizens, and that is to go out and vote and make an impact. I mean, you know, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're an independent, you, you got to vote. And, and, and it's like people always ask me, well, who'd you vote for? I always tell everybody I voted American. You know, I believe I voted for who I believe is going to be the best person for us. Did you get that kind of similar vibe or I don't know what kind of conversations you've had with, with your players and, yes. and staff members? Like, uh, obviously, we've seen that everybody's registered to vote, but in the last couple of weeks, have any of those conversations come up with, with anybody? Again, not who you're necessarily voting for, but again, it's kind of the sentiment that you were just uh, giving us. They have, and it's interesting because, you know, the, the, the spectrum was huge and just listening to the guys talk about it because, you know, these, the, a lot of these guys, you know, they, a lot of them are voting emotionally, a lot of them are voting um, intellectually, um, you know, and just listening to them talk about it and getting these conversations. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is really cool that our guys have taken this kind of interest. So I, I was very pleased to hear these guys talk. All right, that is part one of Ron Rivera coming up. Part two of the head coach of the Washington football team, plus a thought on the Giants. That's next. All right, I'm Chris Russell. We wrap it up with the rest of Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington football team via WashingtonFootball.com. Hey, Ron, John Kime. Um, going back to Ryan Kerrigan, and you brought up how he is with some of the younger guys, and you know guys in that situation can handle it one of two ways. You know, the guy who's been what he's been, what have you seen him, you know, directly do with some of those younger guys that maybe has helped them? Well, I've seen him talk with them, you know, talk about, about certain things in terms of playing the game, preparing for the game, how to take care of their bodies. You know, and you, you bring it up, it's interesting, John, because I, I can remember when I first got in the league, um, it, was, it was very protected, very guarded. Um, you know, guys were truly on the bubble. They really truly understood what it meant to be on the bubble. And, and, and I've had veteran guys that either didn't, didn't saddle up to a young player to help out or actually told a, a young player something wrong and incorrect. So the player would make a mistake. I mean, that, you know, that, that I, I, I don't see that from guys like Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's, like I said, the epitome of a true vet, a true pro. And then also coming out of the bye, how do you look, how do you assess this opportunity now in front of you guys, just with, you know, with the games you have coming up, where you're at in the division, et cetera. Well, the biggest thing more so than anything else is just look at the standings in the NFC East. I mean, I told the guys today during our meeting, I said, hey, guys, I don't care if we're 8-8 eight and, eight and get in the playoffs. You just got to get invited to the dance. Then we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, like I've said before, you know, I, I made it to the playoffs at 7-8-1, and one, and people said you didn't deserve to be there, and we turn around and win our first playoff game and go on the road and scare the heck out of a good team. Um, it just it just doesn't matter. Uh, however you can get in, get in. 
Thank you. All righty, John. Hey, Ron, Scott Abraham, ABC7. Good to see you. Hope, uh, hope all is well. Kind of piggybacking of what Heather said. Obviously, tomorrow's a huge day, election day. Uh, you're you're, you're going to go to work. You know, you're going to do some stuff at, at team headquarters. But what is your plan? Do you sit around the TV and watch the election results come in? Do you maybe go with your family and go vote? How do you kind of approach election day? And do you just sit around and watch the results come in or you just go to bed? You know, what I used to do was um, I used to get up early, go, go to the polling place as quick as I can and be one of the first people to vote. I love putting that sticker on that said I voted. I, I really did. Um, and then go to work, uh, you know, go to the stadium. Now, uh, what we did, Stephanie and I and Courtney did, was we filled out our ballots, put them in our envelope, and then went and dropped them off at the drop box. And this was like two, two weeks ago, I think it was. So uh, we made sure we did it. Um, what I've done in the, in the past is usually around five o'clock, I turn the TV on and I put it on, um, on, on the local news and, uh, and, I, and I listen to what's going on locally. And then I, I have it on uh, memory so I can hit it and switch, switch it over to the last channel and I can get one of the major networks and listen to what they have to say. One of the cable networks, listen to what they have to say. Then I switch it back to local because I, I really do. I'm interested in what happens locally as well. And I listened to some of your interview last week, um, and you said something interesting about becoming an advocate for affordable health care. Obviously, uh, that's very personal to you now with, with the treatments and what you went through with your cancer. Can you just expand on that a little bit and how you want to maybe get in front of the right people in this area to kind of be an advocate for, for change and, and help others? I would love to, you know, um, and the reason being, obviously, is, is after seeing what, you know, what I went through and just knowing what the cost has to be, you know, you worry about the folks that, that can't afford what I had, you know, and, 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 and it's, and it's, and I don't want to say it's unfair, but it is, these folks deserve every opportunity. And, and, and it just kind of struck a chord with me. So, you know, whether I, whether I, I, I get involved with something directly or I get involved with something else indirectly, you know, um, I know Innova is doing its big fundraiser uh, this coming Friday and I'm going to be part of it. Those are the types of things that, you know, that if, if that's all I can do, then I'm going to do it. But I, I just think that that we need to we need to understand that we need to have the Affordable Care Act, uh, whether it's current structure or it's being changed and it's being corrected or it's being fixed or it's being added on to. We need to have something for the folks uh, in the United States of America. I mean, you know, for us not to have affordable, quality health care and be the richest nation in the world, that's kind of disappointing. Thanks, Ron. All righty, Scott. Hey Ron, um, just going back to the trade deadline. Generally, do you think with this year's like COVID protocols, that makes it harder for teams to make a deal, or how do you kind of view just the? I don't think it's affecting the trade as much as 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 people think. Um, what it really has affected more so than anything else has been the whole free agency stuff in terms of bringing players in, working players out, finding those gems in the in the in in, in the rough. I mean, those are the things I think that are really being impacted. Um, because when you're trading guys, you're trading guys that are in the system. So, you know, they'll come over and they'll get right back into the system as opposed to guys that are free agents. So I don't think that's really as, uh, a, a big a deal. Last three, Ben, uh, Russell, and Les. Hey, Ron. Um, speaking along the lines of uh, bringing in free agents, this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you since Eric Reed said that you, uh, that you guys offered him a practice squad. Yep. Uh, spot. What can you tell us about sort of that process and what is it, what do you think about your safety situation heading into this week? 
Well, I thought it was a very good conversation with Eric. Eric, Eric and I were, were very honest with each other. Eric told me exactly what he was looking at. I told him the reason why I was going to do, you know, why I had offered him the practice squad spot, the veteran spot, was so that he could come in, he could get, get his legs under him because, you know, he really hadn't had an opportunity to go into camp or be part of anything. So I wanted him to build his way up into it. Um, Eric felt, you know, that he had kept himself in great shape and that he'd be ready for any action because he's a smart football player. He really is. He truly is. Um, but I also wanted to give Reeves an opportunity. You know, I'm one of those guys that if you come to training camp, you work your butt off, you do everything that you're supposed to, you deserve that opportunity before anybody else. And that's kind of what I was doing with Jeremy. Um, I think he earned that right. He earned my respect as far as having gone through camp, not complaining and doing things the right way. So I wanted to give him a chance to be part of the 53 and see where he is. Hey, Ron, hope you're feeling well. Um, just going back to last week, obviously you guys were able to establish the run and have a lot of long-term success with it, I guess, over the game, 200-plus yards. How important is that not just to have the running game, but for it to open up other things on your offense, i.e. play action, uh, keeping a team multi, uh, uh, not honing in and pinning their ears back, uh, right. and some of the other things you're able to do because of that run game? Well, you basically just answered all my questions. Okay. Uh, question for me. Um, but but if you do look at it, though, because it's one of the things that when I get up there and I talk to you guys about how do we stop somebody else, it's like, and a great example is we talked about the Rams, you know, after we lost to the Rams. What didn't we do? We didn't stop the running game. So it kept that play action live. And so that's how important it is to have success early running the football. Some people go, oh, well, you know, you're blowing them out. That's why you rush for, you know, 200 yards afterwards. Yeah, but. What did we do at the beginning to keep it going? Were we successful in that first quarter? Because if you're successful and you pop off a couple of runs, let's say you have four or five eight-yard runs in a row in the first quarter. Well, guess what happens in the second quarter? The second quarter, you go hard play action. You suck those linebackers up, and now all of a sudden that 17, 18-yard dig becomes a huge play. See, so that's why it's important that you have success early. And you may not run the ball in the second and third quarter because your play action is going so well. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a three-touchdown lead. You get into the fourth quarter. Now you pound it, pound it, pound it, and lo and behold, you rush for 200 yards. So, again, to your point and, 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 and to the example is, if you don't stop the running game, it makes the play-action game even that much more valuable. And that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Belt Go. Uh, and Pepsi, as always, for today and all of our sponsors uh, throughout the week. We appreciate everybody being with us, and we appreciate you downloading us and telling a friend and keeping on, keeping on. Washington football team hosting the New York Giants this Sunday at one. Giants off of a tough loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not going to be easy, but this is the type of game that will tell you a lot. If the Washington football team wins, it doesn't tell you that they're back and for sure and good and great and all that. But if they lose, it tells you a lot. Even though, even though the Giants play really hard and almost beat Tampa Bay on Monday night and they are Daniel Jones turnover away from winning against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you have to win this game. It's at home. It's in the division. Get a little revenge from a couple of weeks ago. You're better. You have more talent. You're healthier. Win. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on LOWFT. Adios.